Hey everyone, it's Marilyn Alori and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. And uh, today we have a very special episode for you. We're going to um, share the interview with Nikki Nash. And it's an incredible interview. She's an amazing woman. She's got a book coming out in Hay House. So I really feel that you'll enjoy that interview. But before we do that, I am going to do two readings. And uh, I'm also going to tell you a little bit about mind chatter and numbers. And I'm going to go more into it in, in next week's podcast. So Somebody named Canoli Oli wrote uh, under one of my posts on Instagram, I'm getting very active on Instagram, that she had uh, lost her boyfriend, her boyfriend had passed away and the situation had forced her to change. So I had asked her, I've I've gone through um, that experience myself where a few ex-boyfriends have passed away. And I asked her to give me her favorite color and the number. So I'm going to do a reading for her and then I'm going to do a reading for randomly pick someone else who we did the three digit number thing. And then next week, I'm going to go a little bit more into numbers and teach you a little bit about them because they're an incredible way to read. They're also an incredible way to get yourself out of the way. Many of you struggle with hearing, seeing, feeling, sensing your guides or getting the messages. And the reason is, is because you're emotionally attached to the response or the answer, or you're not trusting yourself. And this is what I want to hear. Is this me making it up? You know, it's all of that and imagination is super important and you want to use your imagination you don't want to be afraid of it when you're doing readings so when you learn certain skills like reading numbers or reading tarot or um, using certain types of tools and techniques they help you to override your emotions and uh, to get the answers to the questions that you really need so we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week and i have a um, something to share with you so let's talk about cannoli only Canolioli picked the color purple and um, she picked the number 221. So purple is, in my experience, the highest spiritual color. Um, I come from Catholicism and it's a pretty high color in uh, Catholic religion uh, during Lent and everything. It's a purples everywhere. And it also, for me, represents the crown chakra. Um, The crown chakra can be white. It can be white with lavender specks. So whenever I see purple, it's definitely got a high spiritual energy, high spiritual color. It's saying to me that you're opening up to your gifts, you're opening up to intuition, you're opening up to different ways of being and thinking. You said you created a lot of changes because of his passing. And um, I just feel like this is a spiritual journey for you. And it's a very big spiritual journey for you. And it's going to show up in a very interesting way. It's going to continue to show up in an interesting way. And what they mean by that is, let's go to the two, two, one. Twos are all about partnerships. So the number two for me, means partnership, but it could be partnership with your soul, partnership with um, your gifts, partnership with spiritual advice um, from spirits, from guides, whatever you believe in. And mainly it's um, whenever I say partnership with guides and spiritual advice, that is also partnership with your soul and partnership with yourself. It could also be entering into partnerships with people on the physical plane. You've got, you pick two twos, which add a four, which is all about foundations and beliefs. So you are rewriting your belief systems. And what that means is we have a certain amount of beliefs in us, whether they were passed down by our parents, teachers, you know, belief systems are, um, you have to work hard to make, to make a living. Um, only the special people have gifts. Those are the kinds of belief systems that you definitely want to rewrite. So you're kind of looking at your, your foundational belief systems, which could be, have given to you, um, from your parents, ancestors, teachers, even peers or siblings and you're starting to rewrite them. You're starting to doubt what they say and you're starting to rewrite them. So 
um, that's a really great place to be because you want to write belief systems based on your soul, on your truth, on where you're going, not where you came from. And it's really important. And, and belief systems will um, shift and change and evolve as you shift and change and evolve. So I may have had a belief system, I'm trying to think of a belief system that I've shifted and changed. There's been so many of them. Um, when I tell the story in the SAS experience about like when I was little, I wanted to be an actress. And I remember the moment when I told this woman I wanted to be an actress and I could, she was like, you can't do that. And I could hear everything else behind it because I'm a multidimensional listener and a being like many of us are. And, um, so the belief back then would be you're poor, your parents are divorced, you know, you can't do it. And that's a belief system that you would rewrite that I rewrote. I was like, that's not true. I'm rewriting that. So you're in that process, Canoli Oli, I love that name, um, to rewrite that right now. It's her Instagram handle. Then the one is all about new beginnings. So you are definitely on track and on path for new beginnings. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is you decide what those new beginnings are. Because if you don't, you don't, she didn't even know I was a medium. She's like, you're a medium, right? You have a podcast. She didn't even know I had a podcast. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do a reading for you. And then we'll put it on the podcast. And I have one other reading I'm doing after this. And then I'll tell you guys what to do with that reading as well. So everybody can benefit from it. So with you, when I tap into your energy, and it feels like that from your question too, and what you revealed to me, you really get to decide your new beginnings. So a lot of times people feel powerless to it. You know, this happened to me and um, I can't do this or I can't do that or I'm limited. And I don't want you to come from limitation. I want you to come from possibilities and solutions. I want you to really allow yourself to dream and to think big and decide what your new beginning is. If your new beginning is... Um, I'm going to exercise every single day, or I'm going to get healthy, or I'm going to go for the career and the dream that I have, no matter what it takes. So that's a new beginning that you get to choose. The numbers add up to a five, two, two, one was her number, and it adds up to a five, which is all about transformation and change. Could also be five months from now, five weeks from now, it could be May of next year. I feel like there's a timing aspect to the number five for you personally. So I would definitely say put the metal to the pedal to the metal and really rewrite those beliefs and start partnering, continue to partner up with your soul and co-create with the universe, the partnership of the universe, and set your goals, set your sights on what it is you desire. And then every day wake up with an intention of I'm, you know, and take an action step towards that goal and uh, watch the transformation happen as you keep going. And um, I, I feel like it's May of next year, but it could be sooner. So I don't want, sometimes people hear timing and they freak out and then they're like, that's too far away. Or they hear timing and they're like, oh, I don't have to do anything. It's just going to happen. You can't do that. Um, so don't hang your hat on my timing. Although it's been very accurate before, I don't know what it'll be today. Okay, that's what I'm, you're reading. I'm going to go and do another reading. Okay, so for this one, um, I'm going to do a reading for a person who, uh, what we did on Instagram is we had you think of a question and write a three-digit number down, and I think like 18 people responded, but they took me to the person they want me to read. But I want everybody to benefit from this experience, so what I'd like you to do right now is think of the question that you have. And one of the things I was um, I was doing a tele-summit last week, uh, John Burgos is Beyond the Ordinary, and I was teaching them, he wasn't able to be on the call, so I took over the call and I was teaching them about tarot. And a lot of my numbers come from the tarot cards. I have a tarot class, uh, Soulful Tarot. And um, they come from that and they come from, I learned from a, a medium, um, some of the number meanings, and then just through my own research and stuff and my own feelings about numbers. I just always have been able to, I used to be able to um, add and subtract numbers in my head. I had a photographic memory for numbers. 
don't have that anymore with cell phones and everything. I'm sure I could get it back if I wanted to. And so numbers have always been really, really important to me and have been like another language. And um, I'm sure for a lot of you too, because you see repetitive numbers and it is another way of communication. And I was teaching them on this tarot uh, class about how to read tarot because I have an interesting way of reading tarot. I've studied a lot about it, but I also do a lot of my own work with it. And um, a lot of their questions are based in yes or no or what somebody told them. You know, this psychic told me this, that, that, blah, blah, blah. I want you to let go of all that. I want you to try not to ask a yes or no question so that you could get further into solution. There's so much more out there sometimes and we limit, sometimes, all the times, there's so much more out there for us and we limit ourselves with yes or no questions. And that's also where we get emotionally attached to the answer and that's where people struggle. So I'm not saying sometimes you need the yes or no question, right? I had to just make a decision recently and I needed the yes or no and I was kind of sitting in the neutral space until I got clear. But I kept like talking to my guides about it and just gathering more information and more signs were showing up. And then this morning I was like, no, not doing it, not doing it. So you just have to know that. So what I would suggest you do is think of your question, even if it's like, does Bob like me? What do I need to know about my relationship with Bob? Or what do I need to know about myself to open up to a relationship with Bob? Or how can I be more open and communicate my feelings to Bob? You know, so just think of a question and try to take it out of a yes or no. And if you can't, that's okay. You're going to listen to my response. Okay. So you have that. I'm just getting quiet. So everybody could do this real time. If you're walking, it doesn't matter. You can put your hand on your heart and ask that question. Okay. Ooh, I asked a question I never asked. So we'll see what happens when I do this reading. I don't even remember the number that I looked at that I picked. I picked Sapphire Rose, I think is the person I'm reading. So what I want you to do is listening to my reading and take at least three words from it that resonate with you, three to five words that resonate for you and create your own reading from it. Okay. And you can also pick one of the numbers or two of the numbers and it's going to be a three digit number. And the number is, yeah, it's Sapphire Rose, three, two, four is the number I chose um, from her. Well, spirit took me to. So take that number and um, you can pick two of those numbers right now before I read it. Say, okay, my number is going to be 32. The answer to my question is going to be in the answers to number 32 or my answer to my question is going to be in the number three and four. So think of that right now, three, two, four. You can pick two numbers. I'm going to pick two numbers too. I don't know what I'm going to say. I know what the numbers mean, but I never know what I'm going to say. Plus I'm going to tap into her energy. It's Sapphire Rose. Okay. The three is all about mind, body, soul. It's all about wholeness. And to me, it's such an important number because it's about Trinity. It's, it holds Trinity energy for me. And people sometimes don't understand what mind, body, soul is. But that to me is when you are marrying all parts of ourselves, when we're really paying attention to our physical being, we're paying attention to our thoughts, and we're paying attention to our spiritual being. And we're on a journey, you're on a journey, Sapphire Rose, where you are paying attention to all parts or all aspects of these, or spirit is asking you to pay attention to all aspects of these. I feel like you're not actually paying attention to all these aspects and you need to, I feel like there's a little bit something missing and you may be more focused on physical. Like I've noticed a lot of people, especially with COVID, like I have to lose these 15 pounds before I have anything in my life. And it's like, no, because there's a spiritual aspect to that. There's a psychological aspect to that. There's a physical aspect to that. There's so much there, right? So I feel like with you, spirit is asking you to please, um, really, cause it feels like the beginning of the journey and in tarot, um, the card to the left, which would be the number three, that's about past experiences. So I feel like you've been on this journey. You're not new to this journey, 
but it is asking you that you completely own the three in your life. Like where do you need to get fully responsible in your mind? Where do you need to get fully responsible in your body and in your soul? Where are you not, where are you falling short? Where are you getting lazy? Where are you not making decisions? Where you need to make decisions where you can own your mind, body, and soul. The two, again, is about partnership. It's all about partnership with yourself, it feels like. It does feel like it's partnership with others. And I feel like certain friends are falling out of your life and they need to fall out of your life. And it's okay. So a lot of times when that happens or you're not meeting the best people right now, it just does, it feels like partnerships overall, physical partnerships is what they have me focusing on. Doesn't feel like it's really of benefit to you. It feels like you give a little bit more than you get. It feels like you do a lot of uh, doing, a lot of giving. And Spirit's asking you that you sit back and you step back and you get more into your own being and recognize where you are allowing for less, where you're accepting less from someone. And just notice it. You don't have to like scream about it or shout about it. Just they want you to notice where in your life. And they said this is with everything. Could be partnership with your career, your boss, um, how you are with money. Where do you not, where are you accepting less in your life in partnership with physical objects is what it feels like to me. So it feels like it could be money. It could be your job, which is not a physical object, but it's got like an entity energy for me, like the physical, the uh, what a job could be. Um, where are you falling short with people in your life? You know, uh, even if it's kids, it feels like you have kids, but I'm not sure. Um, where you're where you're accepting less, and you're allowing them to not fully see you, or feel, or you're not allowing yourself to be fully seen, which brings you back to the three number about fully being seen in the mind, body, and soul. The four is about foundations, right? So four again, I talk about it's about first, even though the fourth can be the heart chakra. It's going to be both for you, it feels like. So the first chakra is all about um, belief systems and what you believe. And and I feel like there's a little bit of travel in here for you, like thinking about travel or wanting to travel. And then, you know, with the world opening up and how it's opening up and um, spikes and, you know, I'm not going to get into, I don't, I don't really discuss those types of things in my forums because um, I don't. But it feels to me like there's a little bit of travel, a little bit of wanting to travel. So if there's not feeling, if you're not feeling safe somewhere, they want you to, to acknowledge that you are safe and to just take, you know, precautions, any kind of times to travel. Not everybody's like this with travel. Some people can just travel anywhere and they're really, really comfortable with it. I feel like with you, there might be some hesitation sometimes um, with a little bit of travel. And it's just because, you know, I, I'm, I'm a little bit like that too. It's like before I travel someplace, I can get a little bit anxious or I got to make sure everything's in order and my animal's taken care of and all of that. So there's a little bit of that. But the four about the heart it's about really coming from your heart and spirit is asking you to tune into your heart. So every morning when you wake up, I'd ask you to put your hand on your heart and just take three full breaths into your heart. doesn't matter which hand it is. And just acknowledge who you are, acknowledge your love for yourself. Even if the night before wasn't the best night or you made some choices that kind of went awry, spirit's asking you just put your hand on your heart. And just acknowledge your love for yourself. So the three, two, four adds up to a nine, um, five, nine, yeah. And nines for me are soul numbers. So what that means is it's really a soul's journey. And I feel like the hermit card is showing up for me right now with you. I don't remember what number the hermit card is, but, and it could be number nine, I don't remember. But the hermit card is he's uh, on ice, right? And that's frozen destiny. Whenever ice shows up in a dream, it's a symbol that it's frozen destiny. And what that means is, you're maybe not believing in your future or you need to believe more in your future. You need to fall in love with your future. You need not to be afraid of the nose and just keep going forward. He's holding a lantern and he's out going out on his own. And 
for me with you, the hermit card right now is about just trusting yourself and shining the light inside your own body and going inside for the wisdom and going inside to find your answers. You know, maybe you're making, you're going to come up on uh, in the next two to three months where you're making big decisions about things and spirits like before you go out and check in with other people, which is totally fine, check in with yourself and notice how you feel because what will happen then is if somebody says, oh no, you shouldn't do that. You'll check in with your own barometer inside of you and be like, oh wait, no, I need to do this. This person is projecting or something. So you'll get a little bit more clear about who you are. So I'm going to summarize your reading because it feels like a little bit um, jagger to me. And I think because for the first time I asked something for myself, which I don't usually do. So I think like there's a reading for both of us in this and for everybody else who's listening. And, um, what I want to say to you right now is you're in a really important place in your life where, and I think we're always in important places, but there's certain times in our journeys that are much more, um, in, I don't want to say intense, deeper than others. And I feel like you're entering into one of those and you're going to start entering into it. And that does not mean things are going bad. I have to be really careful with how we relate to readings because I, I feel like the way that people used to read or I used to even read years ago, you can't read that way anymore. It's different. There's a, there's just a different energy out there. So I feel like November, December, you're entering into like a real interesting soul space. Like it's going to be a little bit more of like taking care of yourself, maybe going to a spa or whatever that would mean to you. And spirit's asking you now to like get really clear about who is a distraction in your life and get rid of them and really surround yourself with loving people. And if you can't find them, then find a virtual community where like we have a, very supportive. I'm not selling you on something. I just want to share something. Very supportive virtual community. Somebody was going through something in membership for your soul. And the amount of comments that that woman got was amazing to me. And then I'm in a programs and a friend of mine posted something and the amount of comments she didn't get, I was like annoyed. So it's, you want to be in a community that really supports you, sees you, cheerleads you. And then, um, just know that you're going through a bit of a transformation. It's a good transformation, but set the intention every morning that it's your transformation and you aren't powerless. So spirits make, because now they're making the three and the two as a five, which is all about transformation. So they're asking when you get up in the morning, you can put both hands in your heart. You can breathe into your heart three times. However you breathe into your heart, there's ways that I do it, but I'm not going to teach it right now. And set an intention that you're going to um, work towards your goals and say your whatever your goal is. Um, if it's like moving or traveling, because there's some kind of physical movement in here, it just sets the intention that, you know, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to do something today that moves me towards my goal. And I'm going to love myself through it. And I'm going to remind myself to stick my hands on my heart throughout the day today and remind myself how much I love myself, even if I choose to do something that's not the best for me. Okay, Sapphire Rose, there you go. There's your reading. Uh, hopefully it helps. It's, um, it's interesting energy for me today. So we'll I hope that that helps you some. The reason is, is because I think I'm tapping into everybody and there were a lot of comments on that. So, um, but it still feels very clear to you that summary wise, you're in a journey about mind, body, and soul, really marrying that. Make sure that you're feeding your heart, your soul, your mind, um, your physical body, your psychological being, and your spiritual being, feeding that every single day with something. And it could be something you do for a minute for each area. And then know that you are um, being looked at at partnerships. How do you relate to certain things in your physical life? And then it's uh, all going to lead you to a new type of um, foundation, a new jumping off point into a new life 
And I feel like a lot of that's going to shift in a great way, November, December. But again, timing for me, I used to be really right on with timing. I stopped saying timing because then I found that people wouldn't take action. So I give that to you loosely. All right, guys, that is it. Remember to um, um, to rate the podcast. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, uh, whatever podcast you listen to, please do rate it. It would be really great. And share it and subscribe. Um, and now you're going to hear from Nikki Nash. Nikki Nash is an amazing, amazing businesswoman, super smart. And she really talks about some great stuff. And whether you want to build a business or not, I find that listening to interviews outside your wheelhouse really can grow you. Education in all different areas is, is really great. And she's such a great in, uh, person to interview. So enjoy it. And I will see you next week. Bye. Hello, everyone. We are live with Nikki Nash, and I cannot wait for you to meet her and hear about her and hear about her fabulous book. And um, we're going to talk. We're having an incredible conversation about um, four steps to attracting your soulmate clients. I have been bringing business people on to Membership for Your Soul because a lot of people in Membership for Your Soul are building businesses. And I find that a lot of the spiritual community um, don't know necessarily where to go for, for business advice. And they sometimes turn towards people who really aren't studied in the business place. They're like, they just, because they have a spiritual business, they think, oh yeah, I understand marketing. I understand sales. I understand uh, how to do all this. And when I was out there searching for business people, I was coming across a lot of people who said they knew what they were doing and they didn't know anything. And I went to my guides and I sat with them and they said, look, you have to study with um, real marketers, real marketing people. And a lot of people ask me what I mean by that. And what my guides were saying was mainstream people, not necessarily people who have a spiritual tilt. So I went out there and I started studying with like these big marketing people who I was like the first psychic in the room, you know, and there weren't many people like me. And through those connections, I made people like Nikki. And Nikki is phenomenal. Nikki, we met through um, a program and we became friends. We actually were away in an event together, which is such a great way to know, to meet people. And I'm really excited to bring her on with all of you so we could talk about marketing your genius. Because here's the other thing I wanna suggest to all of you. A lot of times you don't even realize you have a business and that you're sitting on a business. And I'm always telling people in my community go to things and study things outside your wheelhouse. Because when my guides told me to do that and I started studying outside my wheelhouse to people that didn't necessarily understand who I was, that's when my whole life expanded and grew. So we're gonna to talk to Nikki about marketing your genius and how to build and monetize your personal brand. So listen up, take it in, you're gonna really enjoy it. Before we do this, I'm gonna tell you a little bit about Nikki and then we're gonna jump into her because she is just friggin' fun. Nikki is a podcast host. Hay House author, she's got a book coming out. I want to hear about your podcast too, sweetie. And creator of the Genius Profit Society, a training and development program on a mission to equip entrepreneurs with the tools and resources they need to share and profit them from their message. What a short bio, girl. How are you? I'm doing so well. You know, I, I'm a podcaster and when you get really long bios and you're reading it forever, it's like, no, let's just dive into the conversation. <laughs> so I keep them short. I love that. That's great. You know, and I'm going to um, attach my mic. So tell us a little bit about how you came to do what you're doing today. Cause I, people really want to know like the rags to riches story, like how they became what they became. 
Yeah. Well, I, um, this probably goes back to what the heck I wanted to be when I grew up and I wanted to be an actress actually. And, um, didn't know that mindset and limiting beliefs were a thing, even though I spent a lot of my youth in the self-help section, I guess I kind of missed the part that explained limiting beliefs in such a way that I understood it. And so I ended up not even trying really to go after acting because I just didn't believe that I could do it. And so I went to college. I was an English major, wanted to be a journalist. And long story short, knew that if I was going to really go after journalism, I wanted to go to grad school. And I called Berkeley and was like, Hey, I want to go to your grad school. What do I need to do? And they recommended that I did since I was on the East coast, I, I live in New Jersey that I attended either NYU or Columbia's like summer program around, um, publishing and getting into the publishing industry. And so I did that. I did NYU's and fell in love with the marketing people. And next thing you knew, I got a job in marketing. Like I just, I was meeting the heads of marketing departments and publishers of magazines, which is essentially like the business equivalent to the editor in chief of a magazine. And I ended up working at InStyle Magazine and Travel and Leisure Magazine, all on the marketing and sales side. Um, fast forward, ended up at ad agencies, um, Intel and doing a MBA internship at Coca-Cola. And, um, had a career, a, a corporate marketing career. And I was enjoying my life. Like I, I was making really good money. And um, I knew that I wasn't necessarily doing something that was like soulful or like soul aligned, but I was like happy, you know, like I was like, oh, I could be worse, right? That sort of thing. And I found out that ovarian cancer ran in my family. And it was probably about a year or so before my 30th birthday and uh, decided that I didn't want to spend the rest of my life in a cubicle. And I quit my job, <laughs> in all honesty. Did you quit your job knowing what you wanted to go towards? Nope. I just said I was living on the West Coast. I was living in Portland, Oregon. My whole family was in New Jersey. And so we're like my best friends. Um, and I just said, I'm going to move back East. And I every year we go to Mexico, um, with the exception Oh no, of this year, unfortunately, we didn't go in 2021, but we did make it in 2020, right before things shut down. Um, well, every year we go to Mexico and I went, I quit my job and went straight to Mexico for vacation uh, with my family. We all meet up there and um, said, I'm going to figure out this business thing. That's what I want to do. And uh, mindset is a funny thing because week one, amazing week two freaked out, like what the heck am I going to do? How am I going to make money? I've been making six figures since I was 26 years old. Like this is dumb. And I ended up taking a head of marketing job at a tech startup on the East coast. I was living in Boston. And after a year and a half of that, I realized, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. But what was cool is that my side hustle before I knew side hustling was a thing was I would teach digital marketing classes to entrepreneurs through a company called general assembly. Mm. And I was one of their early instructors. I started in New York um, kind of right before I moved to Boston, I had a couple of months. So I started teaching in New York part-time and then I went to their Boston office and did that as my side hustle. And I just, when I quit that, that startup job, I got clients like that just through like people I knew. And, um, I had built this reputation of being somebody who knew marketing and could help people attract clients and customers and users if they were building, you know, a startup that had an app or something along those lines. And so, 
um, that's really what sparked my business is this desire to um, not work for somebody else. And um, I made a number of pivots along the way, but ultimately what I do is I help people find their magic, their genius, their spark, their uniqueness, and um, turn that gift into a profitable business and attract and acquire um, dream and soul aligned clients and customers. I love that. I have so many questions that, and I want to ask you one. The first one I want to ask you, how much does mindset play in marketing your business? Oh my gosh. I love this question because I legit, like I, my, my book is so it's a marketing book, but it's so tell us, like, tell us the title of your book when it's coming out. And then yeah, answer that question. Yeah. It, it's called market your genius and it comes out August 24th, but I was laughing because the, like the very first chapter or not even the chapter, the first, the introduction ends with like, this book will help you build a marketing plan. Right. But essentially a marketing plan is useless. If you don't have the mindset to implement the plan and the support or accountability that you may need to like get stuff done. And so I really believe that marketing plan. Yeah, that's epic. It's huge, but mindset is everything. If you like coming from somebody who derailed a number of career paths because of mindset, if you don't have the mindset and the belief system and the kind of like willpower to, it's like all of those things combined, like the willpower to keep going forward, the mindset to transform any of your limiting beliefs and to take action anyway, like in spite of fear and move forward, because that's, what's in alignment with what your goal is and with what your soul aligned purpose is. If you don't have that, you could have like the best marketing plan on a piece of paper and it's essentially useless. I love that. And Nikki, do you find that people out there, marketing people teach mindset? Cause I no. don't, <laughs> I do not. I think marketing people are like, we're teaching you marketing. And, um, and I, I even don't uh, thoroughly, truly teach mindset because I'm, I'm not a mindset expert. I, I have my own experiences and I share that with people, but I really encourage my clients to have a mindset coach or support system or something in place because, you know, we could have a beautiful plan on paper, but marketing is very much like requires resilience and like working through when somebody doesn't like you or when something doesn't work. And like, if you can't go, Hmm, okay, that's interesting. What did I learn from that? Let me apply that and move forward. And if instead you're going, Oh my gosh, these people hate me. Oh my gosh, this didn't work. I need to do something else. I'm throwing it out the window. Oh my gosh. Why did I have a business? Like those are real thoughts. And I'm not saying those thoughts are going to go away, but if you listen to them and take action and alignment with those thoughts, as opposed to in alignment with your vision and your soul and your like goals, then there's a problem. And so that's why I encourage people to, to get support from that mindset perspective. That's great. I love that. And I just feel like one fuels the other for sure, because if you're teaching you, you said you get people into their passion, into their sweet spot. And when they get the, do you notice that when people are finding the obstacles in their life, when they're getting into their sweet spot, that obstacle is actually feeding their journey to teach their passion. Do you know what I'm saying when I say that? Yeah. Like almost so much that like the obstacles that people face and the, the roadblocks that they come up against are, they need to go through it and experience that in order to share their passion even more with others. Is that, is that what you mean? Exactly. And you know, it's so funny. I didn't look at your questions. Cause I usually ask my guests to give us a list of questions 
And one of the questions she gave, and we're right in alignment, was what obstacles do most people face when building a personal brand business? And I feel like a lot of times those obstacles feed the personal brand business. So what kind of obstacles do people face when they're building a brand? Oh my goodness, so many. I think one of the biggest obstacles people face is um, this kind of myth that it's about them. Like they're like, oh, I don't wanna market myself. I don't wanna be too pushy. It's not about me. Like, no, you you are a vessel for the message, but you are not what people are actually buying. You know what I mean? Even if you're selling your time, your services, your artwork, your creativity, people are buying something that is for them. Like they're investing in their transformation and their future and their entertainment and their joy, right? And you may be the person that's delivering it, but when I go out and market, I'm very much focused on how can I share something that's of value to someone else, as opposed to, oh my goodness, I don't want to look like an idiot or, oh my goodness, it's not all about me. And I'm making it all about me. No, like if I share a story about myself, technically, I'm usually doing it in service of somebody else so that, you know, somebody can say, yes, I can relate to that. Or, oh my goodness, I struggled with that. Tell me more. How did you get through it? I've been there. I hear you. I felt that way. That's to show people they're not alone. Not to go, oh, look at me. I had troubles. Like no, nobody wants to hear about my troubles just for the sake of hearing about troubles. It's like, oh, okay. I'm not alone in this. And you can help me get out of where I am right now. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And people relate to that. And then they feel like they can do it. Like they, they see like, wow, like um, I'm not alone. I can do this. So I love that you bring your personal story into branding. Do you help people to discover their personal stories when you're bringing it into branding? I do, I do, because I think so often people say, I have nothing to say, I have no stories. And it's like talking to a friend who says, I have nothing to wear. And it's like, well, you're not naked. So obviously you have something to wear. You maybe just don't like what you're wearing or what you have. And maybe we can work with what you have, but you have something. And that's the same thing with people's stories. Like you have stories. You may not be able to see how your story is valuable or relevant or entertaining, but if you help or get help from somebody who can look at your story and speak to you and pull out the lessons or the interesting pieces or things along those lines, then you have a place to go with it. And I think so often people forget that we're innately storytellers, you know, like our, as human beings, we are storytellers. And when you can go back and tap into that, you can realize, wow, okay, I do have things that I can share with people, whether it's your own personal story or heck sometimes like literally, (laughs) um, I don't know how old people are listening in, but, um, growing up, I used to watch the TV show Daria on MTV Mm -hmm. And I legit share a story of an episode of Daria to prove a point when I teach things and when I like wrote in the book and stuff like that. So you, you just need to be able to tell stories and it's like, oh, I'm telling a story about something that I watched. It's not even necessarily my story, but it's relevant for people. And so I think that's, um, what's really powerful. And what I love helping people with is realize anything's a story. I I told a story once about how I got on the wrong train. I was trying to go to New York. I did it every day for years. And I ended up in Hoboken because I wasn't paying attention. (laughs) And it's like, it's a great, and it, it, what I love about this is it makes marketing fun and creative. 
And I don't know, it puts yourself in it. So I really, really enjoy that. I love everything that you're saying. So you talk a lot about marketing and you talk about how it's like dating. So tell me what, like, what's the connection there? Like, because you talk about attracting soulmate clients. So I'm really, this is the class that she's doing for Membership for Your Soul, which is four steps to attracting your soulmate clients. So tell me about that. And then I have a follow-up question. So why is marketing like dating? Yeah, absolutely. So I think so often when people are marketing, they forget that you're working with people. Like you're essentially trying to have another human being take an action, which could be join your email list or buy your product or sign up for a workshop you're doing or purchase your service, but you're dealing with a person, you know, like another human being. And it is no different than trying to get a date or find your soulmate or something along those lines that you take actually the same exact type of steps in attracting clients as you do with attracting a mate. And it really starts with things like, you know, where is the person that I want to meet spending their time? And to know the answer to that, you first need to know who the heck it is you're trying to attract. But once you're clear on that, where are they spending their time? Okay. How can I attract their attention? Okay. How can I spark a conversation with them and then hopefully get their digits or their contact information so we can go on a first date and then the first date becomes the second date and so forth and so forth until, you know, as my grandmother used to say, you piss or get off the pot, like you make a commitment or you bounce. Right. And you do the same things in marketing. It's like, I remember in my early twenties, um, which, oh my gosh, is like over a decade and a half ago, which is crazy for me to realize right now. But in my early twenties, I used to go out with my friends and I lived in New York city and we would go to a bar and we'd choose that bar because we believed like our mate was there. And then we'd, you know, look around and try to find the person. And then I believe it or not, was very shy and I would find somebody and then I wouldn't want to go talk to them. So then my best friend would either, cause she's way more extroverted and outgoing than I am naturally. And she would go and talk to someone and then bring me over. Or, um, I would, you know, kind of accidentally bump into someone or awkwardly smile or something, but you got to capture somebody's attention. Right. And then once you have their attention, you want to start a conversation. How are you? What do you do? Where are you from? What brings you here today? Oh my gosh. Did you see the game? Something, you know, start a conversation and then ideally get their contact information. If you, the conversation went well and follow up, connect with them continuously, go on dates. And then, you know, you either date because you want to be together or you break up and you want to do the same thing. Where's your ideal client, your soulmate client spending their time? What would capture their attention? You, if you really understand them, you'll know what they're dealing with. What can you say or do to have them stop scrolling or to pay attention to you? Right. How can you, um, connect with them, start a conversation with them. Do you want to chat with them on a direct message? Do you want them to get emails from you? Do you want their phone number? What is the way in which you're going to communicate and how can you unapologetically add value and show them, Hey, this is who I am. Let me figure out who you are. And then we can decide if we want to work together or buy you buy from me or whatever, or not same exact thing. So I think so often people forget to keep it simple and to just build relationships with people. You're not dealing with like androids or something. They're human beings. I I love that. And I love the journey of it too. And the way that you describe both, because it makes it very clear. Like it's, it's not as difficult as you think. And many people are trying to get to the sale 
before they get to the, the just communicating and meeting and the smile, the awkward smile, and, you know, let's get the digits and then let's have the conversations and it takes a lot of pressure off the table. And it allows you to really truly get to know your best client because Nikki, how many times do sales sometimes get forced and it's the wrong client? And then that's like, oh my like, gosh, right? Terrible. I have been there because, you know, you're so excited about getting a client. You forget that this would be the worst client for you ever or to even find out. And so often people are getting into relation, metaphorically getting into relationships going, oh my gosh, why did I say yes to this person? This is a terrible long-term commitment. And then you, you have to stick around for six months or however long in this terrible relationship, or you have people that metaphorically walk up to somebody in the bar and they're like, Hey, want to get married? And you're like, yeah. what? Like, <laughs> and I think it's easy to get there because so often marketers are like, you need a lead magnet. You need a funnel. You need this. You need to go live. You need to be on TikTok. You need to be on Instagram reels. And that is overwhelming. It's like, throw all that out the window for a second and just ask yourself, how am I connecting with my target audience? Do I know where they hang out? Have I figured out a way to capture their attention? Have I sparked conversations with people? How do I want to get their contact information? And then what are we going to do once I have it? Like, what's our first date? And when you can break it down, then you can go, oh, okay, well, I want to get their contact information by offering maybe a lead magnet. Maybe that's your thing. And so when you can break it down like that, you're coming from a place of I'm strategically thinking this through and then using all the other marketing tactics that people talk about, like webinars and this and that to fill in the strategy, as opposed to assuming that's what you should be doing and forcing it, because that's so often how people end up with clients that they're, they can't stand or investing a lot of money in something. And it's not really working because they haven't figured out or taken the time to figure out who their right person is, where are they spending their time? And is this even the right marketing tactic for them in the first place? Yeah. And what I love what you said is it, it it's not coming from the outside in, it's coming from the inside out. So the way that you're describing and the way we started this conversation was mindset, knowing yourself, knowing your, like, it's knowing your passion. It's, you're not like following, oh, you know, blah, 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 does it this way. I should do it that way. No, what do I want? Like, who do I want to help? We started with story. Like it really gets you clear about your soulmate client. And it's such a better way to operate, which I like so much with you. So Tell us a little bit more about how you help people to get that soulmate client, to get clear about who that soulmate client is. Because I think a lot of people look outside and they see that a gap is being filled and they have interest in that gap. And then they start running down that road and it's not even their interest. So like, what kind of things do they do in marketing to get clear? What kind of experiments do they use or how do they get clear? Yeah. You know, um, when I was younger, my aunt bought me the book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective Teens. And highly effective it, teens. Yeah. Like I'm talking, I wasn't even an adult yet. I was like maybe in high school reading, reading this book, um, but it gives you the same habits of uh, highly effective people. And habit number two is begin with the end in mind. And that is by far my favorite habit because I really encourage people before they even start marketing, get clear on what the heck it is that would bring you joy? Like what type of business do you want to have? How do you see yourself um, spending your time every day? And I have people do this exercise. I call it the future forecast where they pick a period of time in the future and everybody's different in terms of how far out they can see. Um, some people are like, I'm going to do 10 years. I'm going to do three years. I'm going to do 12 months, um, five years, you know, you choose, but you pick a 
a period of time in the future and you pretend it's that day and you close your eyes and you just like take some breaths for a few minutes and you just visualize that day and, and visualize that year. And you just do a journal entry. That's like, it is, um, you know, July 30th, 2050. I don't even know how many years in the future that is. I completely made that up. But if I, let's say I had a clear vision of what my life looked like on that day, I would write a journal entry like, oh my goodness, I had the best day ever. I just heard from my team. Um, we made an extra million dollars today and I'm sitting on the beach sipping, um, I don't know, a margarita while my kids play. I, I have no idea. I don't even know how old I'll be when in 2050, right? you know, but let's pretend that that was my vision. I write all that out. I get really clear. And then that becomes your um, kind of yes, no list almost. It's like, are the actions I'm about to take in alignment with this vision? Yeah. And so often I made decisions in my business because it was what everybody was doing. And it was so out of alignment with my vision. And so you have to start with inside, as we were mentioning earlier, you know, go from the inside out, start with what feels right for you. Go with what you want your life to look like, what you want your business to look like. Yes, there are opportunities and there are people who look for a gap in the market and go all in and, and go after it. That's cool. That may be what they want to do and what brings them joy, but you don't have to build a business that way. You get to choose how you build a business. And so I really encourage people to create a vision for what they really want. And even if you're, you sit down and go, oh my goodness, there's somebody else who does this. There, there's somebody else who has this out in the world. Okay. You know, most of what I teach is not dramatically different than something that is out there by somebody, right? But I teach it in my own unique way. I have my own philosophies, I have my own frameworks, and I built my business in a way that's in alignment for me. And I resonate with people who are down with my vibe and my message because we're on like the same frequency, essentially. Like they hear me, they're, we're on the same radio station. They can't even hear all the other people who are doing what I do anyway. So there's a place for me in the marketplace. So I think, you know, maybe if you're trying to build the next, you know, Netflix of the world, then yeah, you probably need to find a gap in the marketplace. But if you're going, Hey, in my soul, I feel called to help this community of people or to deliver this specific message. Then I would start with what does that look like for you? How does that feel for you? Do a future forecast exercise and make any decision that you make moving forward based off of what you've depicted as, you know, the, the end goal. You know what I, I love about this? Is, so I teach a thing called a day in the life. It's a little bit like the future forecast, but it's it's what you just said. And I'm going to ask a follow-up question. It's this shows like you don't do comparison energy of other people. It's your own personal experience. You're bringing into it, your own philosophies. And then you're teaching your framework based on your own like life experience and your passions and what excites you. So now this brings me to my next question because you're teaching people how to be an expert in their field. And they may be seeing Joe Schmo, who's got all these degrees and certifications. How do you help position people so that they own their expertise and then they go out into the field with their expertise? Yeah, there are many ways to position yourself as an expert in your industry. And this is actually, <laughs> hey, House doesn't know this yet. Hopefully um, they loved Market Your Genius so much that there will be Market Your Genius like volume two, and it's going to be all about um, what we're about to talk about is positioning yourself purely as the expert, like going really deep into that. Um, but the way I look at it is that there are really kind of four buckets uh, of expert positioning. And the acronym that I created for it spells CAR, C-A-R-R. -R. Um, and the first 
bucket, C, is contribute. And essentially contributing is um, doing what we're doing right now. I'm very meta. So it's like CAR is a framework. It's a, you know, it's an acronym and a framework. And in contribute, you can do things like create your own framework and teach it to people, right? Like that's one of the ways that you can position yourself as an expert. And I got that because I was sitting at a marketing event um, really early in my business and listening to someone teach. And I am writing notes like a crazy person because they were speaking so much that I didn't want to miss anything. And so I'm writing everything down. I'm writing everything down. I go back to my hotel room. I'm reading through my notes and I'm like, this is legit stuff. I already knew from being in marketing for a decade, but I sat there and I said, but why did I write it down? I'm like, cause they put their own framework around it and they told their own stories. And I was like, oh, this must be new. This must be something I need to pay attention to. And that's the lesson that I wrote, I walked away with, with, um, from my notes is that if you can contribute, if you can take, um, things that, you know, you want to teach and position it and package it in your own unique way and share that with people, you're contributing to the marketplace. You're reaching a new subset of people who can hear your message and maybe they've heard it before, but they'll get something new out of it. I did. And so one way is contribute. The next is association. So it's like, ah, Nikki knows Maryland. Maryland's cool. I trust Maryland. Nikki must be pretty cool, right? Like you can do um, things like associate with people in your industry or uh, connecting with the same audience. And so you could um, be a guest on a podcast. You could speak on stages. You can interview people on your own podcast. You know, you think about Oprah, Oprah's a journalist. You know what I mean? Like she started off as a, a, um, a news reporter and then she had her show and she interviewed people and based on the people she interviewed, she got more and more popular and famous. And, and so you can straight up just interview other experts in an industry and then be seen as the expert in the industry because you're having all these great conversations, right? So you can contribute your own frameworks and content and stories. You can associate yourself with other people. You can do research. You know, you think about professors, professors, more often than not, don't have real world experience in the industry that they are teaching. Like they do a ton of research and then they learn from case studies and maybe run their own research and, and do things. And then they teach it. Right. And you can do that too. Like I could, um, I gave this example earlier, um, on another, uh, a podcast that I was being interviewed on. And I said, you know, if I wanted to become an expert on basket weaving, you know, I would, learn and research a ton about basket weaving. And then I'd start teaching it and people would go, wow, Nikki really knows a lot about basket weaving. She knows her stuff, right? You know, so you could research, you can run your own experience experiments. You can try a YouTube video and then start saying, Hey, here's what I learned from this YouTube video. Here's what worked and didn't work. You didn't have to create your own new thing. You were researching and learning from others and sharing it and teaching it. Right. And then the fourth uh, bucket, the last R is results. If you can get results for yourself and for others, and you can share that in the marketplace, you're seen as an expert. Yeah. And so if you can choose one or all of these buckets, I usually, you know, tell people start with the one that's easiest for you. You can start being seen as the go-to expert in your industry. I love that. And I love every example that you gave was so, so much has every, your personal brand in there, like your own personality. And I feel like there's just, there's a lot to that. And I really, really love it. What type of content should entrepreneurs create if they want to build their brand and their audience? And you kind of said that already, but I want to talk a little bit more about creating content because like I said, I, I think people struggle with 
like I just, I just did a whole podcast because we did a product launch and this product is always done super, super well. And the, it was the first time I went out and people were like having incredible experiences. And we, when we made the pitch for the product crickets, it became crickets, but I love my product so much. I know that it has legs. I didn't abandon it. So talk about like how you help entrepreneurs create content that is so personal to them so that when they bring it out to their audience, their audience is like, I need that. Yeah. You know, I think for so many entrepreneurs, um, marketing can seem very foreign and therefore overwhelming. And what I really encourage people to do from a content perspective is to choose one place that you can consistently show up, especially at the beginning. You know, like if you haven't been consistently showing up anywhere and you have platforms everywhere, choose one and at least commit to that one platform and consistently show up there, right? And I encourage people to have something that is a weekly show, you know, and by weekly show, it could be a blog post that you write every week. It could be a podcast that you do every week. It could be a live video or pre-recorded YouTube video. Like you choose how you show up best and you choose something that you know you can commit to and release one a week, every week. And if you're wondering, well, what the heck goes into the show, sit down and ask yourself, what are the questions I get asked all the time? What are the things that people always look to me for, you know, what could I easily teach somebody? And you make yourself a long list, you know, even if you just come up with 13 things, 13 things that you know that you could help somebody with, or 13 questions that you know that you could answer on the topic that you want to be known for, right? Come up with 13, you do one a week, that's 90 days. In 90 days, you consistently put out content. And if you're selling something, you can go, hey guys, uh, if you really got a lot of value out of this video or you'd like more support, book a call with me. Um, head to this page to learn more about my product. You know, Send me a DM and uh, we'll discuss how I can help you. Comment below and ask me a question. Like, just keep it simple. Give one call to action. Don't say all of those things, but like, <laughs> use one. I was giving examples, um, but teach something and give a call to action. And so often people are like, but where should I go? And how long should I go? And I'm like, you're making it too complicated for yourself. Pick a place that you know your audience is going to be, that you know you can show up, show up there and talk until you have nothing left of value to say, and then wrap it up, right? I used to think I'm gonna go live for like five minutes. I learned very quickly that I'm like a 20 minute or minimum. Like there is no five minutes with me. Five minutes is like... <laughs> Five minutes is a clip of something that I talked about for a long period of time. And then I could have five minutes stuff, right? So, you know, you learn, but you just talk and have an objective. Like I'm going to teach this thing, you know, I'm going to teach someone um, how to come up with a weekly show idea. And then you teach someone how to come up with a weekly show idea. And then when you feel like you've taught that, then you go, okay, great. If you have any questions, or if you want to run your weekly show ideas by me, send me a DM. Like, you know, that could be a, a thing that I do and you just do it every week. It's so like, you so take out the complication of it all, which I truly love. And um, you really make it work. What are you the most passionate about in your business right now? Ooh, right now um, I am. So there's twofold. There's what the project I'm most passionate about and the impact I'm most passionate about. So I'll, I'll share both the, from an impact perspective, I am most passionate about just, um, building relationships with other um, community leaders. So whether it's like entrepreneurs, podcast hosts, things along those lines and sharing 
uh, stories and having great conversations with them that other people listen to like this right now, this is my joy so much so that I had, um, a week, a full week, maybe like May, I think it was where all I did was conversations like these back to back for five days straight. I was the most energized I've ever been. You asked me to do a five day, one hour a day challenge where I go live. I am drained. I can't make it past day three. I'm like, Oh my God, this is so terrible. But yet I could do like 40 hours worth of interviews. And I'm like, this was so much fun. (laughs) And so, you know, that's, that's something I'm really passionate about is, is, um, getting, uh, this inspiration and, and simplification of sharing messages out into the world with people, because I truly believe that, you know, if you're able to take your, you know, universe given, God given, whatever you believe in given gifts and share that with others, that's one of the bravest things that you can do in this world. And so if I can inspire you or help you to go live or create a blog post or do something so that you can help somebody else, then I'm creating a ripple effect of impact in the world. And that brings me so much joy. Love that. Yeah. Love that. Was that both? You said impact and. Oh yeah. And then uh, I guess personal project. One of the things that I'm super passionate about um, that is in the early works is I'm building a certification program to certify people in my marketing methodologies, because I want to, I'm like, I can't create the level of impact that I want to make in the world by myself. So I am going to train and develop people. It's not going to happen until 2022, but I'm like super, like so much so that I just, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the most exciting thing I've ever done. I like get goosebumps when I think about it. I love that for you, Nikki. I also think you're really great at uh, interviewing. I've been interviewed by you and you're really great as a guest. So I, I really love that. Um, before we start, we end and we go into the Q&A. There's a question that you posed in your thing that I don't know that I got to. And I'm curious about it because I don't understand it. Why are experiments important in marketing? What do you mean by that question? And explain that to me. Experiments. Okay. So biggest mistake people make in really business, but particularly marketing is they don't give anything enough time to see if it works. Like they're like resilient, like, um, persistence and like focus and dedication is like out the window. It's like, I tried a webinar, nobody showed up to the webinar. I'm never doing a webinar again. I tried to do a challenge. Nobody showed up to the challenge. I'm never doing a challenge again. I went live. Nobody liked it. I'm never doing it again. And like, that's, I'm like, whoa, take a breath, take a step back. And when you can start with, okay, what is my vision? What is my goal? How would I most happily like make this goal a reality? Like what would bring the most joy in doing it? Test and validate it, do the same thing over and over and over again until you uh, know it works. And so I encourage people to do experiment cycles where you say, you know, I'll make this up, but let's say um, my thing was, I was going to do, I'll make this easy because it's it's easy this way. I was going to do a live masterclass and drive people to an online course. And I may do it, and this goes to what you shared earlier about your program. I may do it once and I may, be so passionate about it and nobody buys. Okay. Well, I'm going to do that same thing again and again and again and again, and maybe I'll do it eight times in a year, or maybe I'll do it 10 times in a year or six times in a year. I'll do that same masterclass to drive people to this thing. And I will keep doing it and tweak little things about it along the way, based off of what worked and didn't work until I know, oh, when I do this, this happens. And so I think people try to do too many things. And if I'm like, if you treat your business and your marketing, like a mad scientist, you know, when somebody's trying to, uh, to invent 
the microphone. They didn't go, I'm trying to invent a microphone and the headphones and a laptop and a lighting kit. No, they tried to build a microphone and there were so many components of the microphone and they did it. Well, let's test this. Oh, sound didn't come through. Let's try another thing. And they did it over and over and over and over again until it worked. So you do the same thing with your business. I'm so glad I asked that question because I think that there's a lot of, you know, we see a lot of the ads running through the news feeds and it's like, I made a hundred K overnight and people aren't being transparent or honest about the experiments or the things that failed or the things that didn't work, you know? And, and so people, new entrepreneurs think, well, I'm not doing that. So I must suck or, yeah. you know, excuse my language, but it, it, I love that you said what you said. Yeah. I mean, like people, <laughs> and I get it from a marketing, some people's marketing perspective is that you want to share your wins and you want to share like, oh my gosh, I made a hundred thousand dollars overnight. Yeah. But you failed for five years first, or yeah. you failed. Maybe they're like in my first year, I made, you know, a hundred thousand dollars or a million dollars. Okay. Well, was that in cash collected or business booked? And how, what did your first six months look like? Did it all happen in the last six months after you failed a ton of times? Did you throw a lot of money at something? And did you spend like $950,000 to make a million dollars? Like what happened? And I think there's a lack of transparency in that. And, and, you know, I'm not saying, or calling people out and saying, you have to um, tell everybody everything about your business and your life, you know, that's up to your discretion, but I do hope that people are more responsible for um, how they are impacting the industry and the world because too many people get frustrated and won't let things um, kind of go through a natural experiment process because so-and-so made, you know, $100,000 from their last um, live or something. You know, I see that sometimes and I'm like, what, what uh, currency are you talking about? Because like sometimes, <laughs> you know, I'll see people and they're in a country where I'm like, yeah, but in my in us dollars, that is not a million dollars. That's not even like, you know, that's nothing. So like what, uh, what currency are we talking about here? You conveniently left that out. So could, And I'm just more of a, tell me really what happened type of person, but easily, if I wasn't, um, I can see how people would fall into the hype and be like, oh my gosh, everybody's killing it. And and what I love what you shared is, um, you know, this brings us to our soulmate clients. So those clients, those people who share, they don't have to share their whole story. Maybe that's how they do it. They want to share it that way. Those are for a certain kind of client that wants to buy into them, believe in it. Because it reminds me when I went, because I have a membership program and I went to a uh, membership thing and the guy's great. Everything was great. But he had, I was one of the case studies, but some of the case studies were there. Like I got a thousand members right away. And I pulled those people aside and I said, how much is your membership? And it was under $10. And I was like, oh yeah, well, let's put things into perspective. Cause if mine was under, you know, I was one of the case studies, but still I would have had a thousand people if I did 997 too. So I think it's always great to experiment. Like you said, I love that. And also question what you're seeing out in the world. And not in a negative way where Nikki and I aren't about to put people down. I don't, I don't like that stuff at all. Choose who your people are and the people that aren't just move on. You don't need to comment on their posts about whatever, just move on and find someone you like, like can't stand that. But I love that Nikki. And I love also that you use the microphone because you think about Henry Ford, if you read it in uh, think and grow rich and he wanted, I think it was the eight cylinder engine and the engineers are like, you're crazy. We can't make this happen. He's like, do it, do it, do it. And it took like a year. And then they found like, they got the engine, which is great. 
tell us how we can find you, what's coming out, and anything that I didn't ask you that you want to share. Because I feel like you're such an authentic marker. You're such an authentic person. Anybody in my community who's building a spiritual business, I would really like you to look up Nikki because I've known Nikki for years and I just feel like she's going to give it to you straight. And she's also going to help you to own your own power through it, which I feel is, I just went through something. It's so important. And I didn't slip into the failure. I just moved forward. It was such a big moment in my life. And you want to be surrounded by coaches and teachers that are going to support you through those experiences and make you more powerful you know, and not make you feel like you didn't make that many sales instead of looking at the mindset thing that you went through or the breakthroughs that you had, or that the fact that one thing in the experiment worked, maybe not 50, but one. So tell us what you want to tell us. I know I ask a lot of questions because I get super excited and then how we can find you and what we could expect from you. Yeah. I mean, the, the last thing I would really want people to walk away with is to know that, you know, you were given your gifts for a reason and you were given the calling and the desire to go after, um, your goal and, and your, uh, kind of soul led purpose for a reason. And don't let silly things in my opinion, like, you know, this live, nobody watched it or this other thing didn't work. Stop you because your vision and your purpose is so much bigger than that. So, you know, for me, I sat down and I was like, I don't care if it takes me till I'm 75 before, you know, some of this stuff makes real impact in the world or in the business, I'm going to keep on moving, you know, and how many authors or entrepreneurs um, from back in the day or artists never lived to see the big magic that they contributed to the world. And so you may see it in your lifetime. You may not see it in your lifetime, but if you, if it is like right here, sorry, you can't see my hand. Like it's right here in your heart and your soul. And you're like, yes, I, um, I know I'm here for this reason, then keep going after it. And, uh, it'll all work out some way. Um, so don't, uh, don't put too much pressure on yourself by looking at other people because you'll never have full transparency into somebody else's life. You know, it's like, don't let somebody else's highlight reel of like, woohoo, I made a bajillion dollars, trick you into believing that they're making like a billion dollars every day. Right. Or that that's their daily norm. It's no, it's something that happened and we don't, you will not know exactly how it happened. Um, and even if you pay them, you know, nine 99 or whatever it is, you still may not know exactly how it happened because there's like so many cosmic things that help folks that, you know, not everybody can see or, or even acknowledge happened. So I just say, go with what is right for you and keep moving forward. You know, I want to say something to what she just said, because um, I, we have things at our fingertips that people didn't have years ago. And you have people like Nikki Nash at your fingertips to help you market your brilliant idea. So some ideas may have not been known until after the fact, but we're at a different consciousness, right? A different level now. And so Nikki, people need to find you, need to read your book, need to find out about you. What, where can we find you? Yes. So um, if you go to marketyourgeniusbook.com, it'll not only redirect you to my site, it'll take you to the page where you can learn more about the book and see all the places it's sold. Um, But that'll also just give you. So my website is marketyourgenius.co. But my book website is marketyourgeniusbook.com. So okay. to really mess with people. 
What the heck? Yeah, I know. Cause I couldn't get marketyourgenius.com yet. I'm still working on it. I was like, I will hopefully reclaim this number or this uh, URL, but, um, but yeah, that is the way that you can connect with me. And if you want to chat or learn more, we have some really exciting things coming up um, from a business perspective. Um, you can always send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. I'm uh, Nikki Nash official on Instagram and Nikki Nash official on my Facebook business page. And I think on my personal Facebook, it's just Nikki Nash or Nash Nikki. It's backwards. It's Nash Nikki. Um, you can send me a DM anywhere and I will respond. I love leaving people voice memos. So we can definitely chat from there. I love that. And we will make sure that um, all of this information goes on the membership site, as well as when this becomes a podcast, we'll make sure that all Nikki's information is in the um, show notes. Nikki, what is a highlight of your career so far? And what was a moment where you may have hit the wall, but you pivoted? Okay. Um, Start with the moment that you pivoted and then the highlight. Which is funny because that's how I was going to do it. (laughs) I I was like, moment I pivoted. Um, I pivoted. uh, One distinct one was early in my business where um, I think I shared with folks that I got clients pretty quickly when I quit my startup job. Um, but they weren't solo line clients. I was just like, Mm -hmm. I quit my job. I need clients. And so I just had, um, a number of startup entrepreneurs, um, mainly men, nothing against men, but like men, male companied or founded startups hired me a ton. And, um, I realized that one of the things that I really wanted to do was close the revenue gap between female owned businesses or women, um, and women, uh, uh, friendly owned businesses, um, compared to male owned businesses, because there's a huge revenue gap and it infuriates me for so many reasons. And so, um, I wanted to one, um, pivot that way and put my focus on women owned businesses. Um, I also wanted to pivot and focus on, um, really doing more of like training, developing, coaching, like strategy. Um, and before I was doing a lot of way more implementation for folks and, um, that's not where my genius lies. I mean, can I do it? Yes. Did I do it for myself when I started? Yes. Can I do it? Yes. But I found it draining. And so I pivoted to find a business that lit me, my target audience lit me up. I was making the level of impact in the world that I wanted to, and I was, um, doing more joyful things than not in my business at that time, because I was like, I'm not expecting day one of starting a business. I'm 100% joyful because it's a journey. Um, but I didn't want to be like 99% non-joyful or unhappy in my business either. Love that. So what was Um, the high moment? And that's such so good. They're both high moments. And that's what I love about it. Yeah. I think, um, high, like high, high moment, um, was reading my audiobook. Um, it was like a three day experience and, um, it was the first time that I read my book in order straight through, like, you know, I read four chapters a day, I think out loud. And I was just like, this is funny. I'm funny. And I, I wrote the book guys. I, <laughs> I wrote it myself. I'm a, I was an English major. I love writing, but when I was editing it, Um, I didn't edit it in order because I was afraid that I'd give too much love to the beginning of the book because I just keep reading the beginning and then get tired of reading 
you know, a 200 and something page book over and over again. So I would read the chapters out of order and edit them that way. And so, and I wrote it um, more or less in order, but I ended up at some point moving chapters around and stuff like that. So it was my first time actually reading all of the content in order in like a three-day period. And I was like, this is funny. And it was such a highlight. And I got to, I felt all special recording in like a real recording studio for sound. I was like, I feel, feel like such a kick butt person. Love that you are a kick butt person. <laughs> so everybody check out Nikki's website because she offers so much. Nikki, thank you so much. And for members and membership, your soul, that was such a great conversation. We're going to continue this conversation privately for the Q and A. And for members, um, in August, Nikki's class is coming out and the title of her lesson is Four Steps to Attracting Soulmate Clients. Four Steps to Attracting Soulmate Clients. And um, that is it. Thank you so much. Anybody who's interested in joining Membership for Your Soul, you could always go to membershipforyoursoul.com and join the wait list. Or if it's open at that point, join. Nikki, thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Again, my favorite thing to do. I'm super excited for you. Thanks, guys. Bye.